0: If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening, so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined.
1: Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to Ruined. This is Hallie. This is Allison. This is a podcast we ruin a horror movie. Um, Allison, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm not doing well today. I'm no, doing real bad. Yeah. I'm going to cry. Oh, sorry, I'm gonna cry right now. This is um, we're recording this before Thanksgiving, um, just because like the holiday. So yesterday was the um Club Q shooting. And um, I don't I don't know, I don't I don't know, not that as a horror movie podcast, what what you know, what what do we have to say about it? But um, you know, as someone who since coming out, I feel like has become, you know, more politically engage specifically politically much more left. It It is what is so hard about coming to that realization for me is like how much of all of this really is a culture war, you know? And it's like, obviously voting is important. Yeah. That's why things were not horrible during the midterm. So it's like the national conversation and voting obviously are the baseline, but then the rest of it really is the rights compulsive propaganda about how queer and trans people are, pedophiles, like they're groomers, you know, right. all this like stuff. And I think that there are people that somehow think that that's not the root cause of these kind of like horrific events, but it is. And um, obviously it, it, it's, it, it is also on the individual who does it, but I think we could see now those tend to be the same kind of individuals, disaffected, young, mostly white men. Again, that's not a coincidence. And I I think that is, you know, I think we could all understand how the way we socialize white people, cis people, men in this country is bad. And I don't mean that to say anything negative about men. I see how men are socialized. I see that we don't, what what we're telling them and what we're not giving support we're giving them. At the same time, it's sort of like when this happens or when black people are shot in a church or a synagogue is shot, it's like, we know why that's happening. We know, we hear politicians, elected politicians like Lauren Boebert, fucking tweeting about how like trans people and queer people are groomers. And then to have Lauren Boebert after a horrific event where people are killed senselessly for no reason to be like, Oh, the violence has to stop bitch. You are the violence, the violence. You are putting violence in the world. That is the problem. It's you. So I just want to be very clear about that. I I think we all know that. I don't think you're listening to this. You have any, this is a shock to you that this is like how we feel about it, but we just have to be very specific about it. And, as people who are not elected officials, what we have to be doing is, you know, I I feel like, I think it's easy to feel overwhelmed and that I feel like that overwhelmed feeling is, it can sort of beget nihilism and I know it does for me, but what we could do is like any kind of community you're part of, obviously like touch base with them and communicate with them about this and also just do anything you can all the time. It doesn't have to be like some big thing, but like talking to people, about these things like expressing proactively expressing how you feel against these kinds of things is important. You know, in this case, it's queer, trans people and other time who knows, you know, it'll be another group next time, you know, or not, but it's just sort of like, this is, unfortunately we are, we're at war, we're at war for our culture. And, you know, our side is the side of uh, accepting people and supporting people in love. And the other side is filled with truly a, a, a disgusting venom that I I can't understand, but us not understanding it doesn't mean we can't speak out against it. So that's where I'm at with that. Allison, how are you doing? <laughs> no, I mean,
0: I, I could not agree more. And the arguments about how this is about assault rifles, this is about mental health. It is about yes, those things. Those absolutely. are important things. We need to address those. We shouldn't have access to assault rifles and mental health should be absolutely taken seriously in this country. But- Those things are irrelevant if there is not hate speech coming from the top down about who people are. And, you know, that's why that happens. And that's it all comes from the language that the right uses. And you look at what's happening with anti-Semitism and Mm -hmm. you look at what's happening with transphobia and homophobia and fuck TERFs and fuck all those. It's just, it's horrific. And, like, inclusion and connecting is really important. And I think— no matter where you are and what you're talking about, like, let's make space for other people and their emotions because this is, I mean, I even look at, you know, I've been out there and loud about abortion, like, for a very long time, and I see people try and exclude trans men and non-binary people. And it's like, no, no, let's make space for everybody to feel that they are human and part of something because that's what it is. Except for Lauren Beaubart, she is not. Um, And all of these, like, hate speech pieces of shit who are out there saying that, like, I don't even want to repeat the beliefs that they have because they're all incorrect. And Kanye and Kyrie and all of these assholes. Like, just, we need to, like, stand up against what seems like, oh, that's just their belief. That's just them using politics to get votes. Yeah, well, those votes end up turning into really horrific events. And we can't just sit around and and let it continue. Yeah, exactly. So it feels very hard to know what there is to do. And it's just to be... A person, I think. Yeah,
1: and and I think it is very helpful for us on the left to think about all of this propaganda because I feel like you know, as someone who, you know, before I was queer, it's not like I didn't know about these things, but I feel like I definitely like heard things about trans people where I was like, it. it It sounds like I've always supported trans rights, but it was sort of this, like, the idea that, like, it's some other thing. Like, oh, that's too bad. Those people are dealing with this thing. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, the the realization that I've come to is like, well, it's all the same thing. It's all of us are dealing with the same thing. It's just, uh, you know, whatever version or whatever lie they're telling about what your particular community is. So that's why we all have to be, you know, in solidarity with one another. Um, And then sort of... I don't know. That's. I, I think that's, like, the most important thing that I think we could take away from this. So, guys, you're listening to this, we see you. We support you. Mm-hmm. We we know this is fucked up. And it's also fucked up. We just have to, like, go to work the next day and right carry on. We have on. to get here and be like, let's talk about a weird uh, forest
0: monster. Yeah. But also, we need to talk about a weird oh, forest Oh, and hell yeah. We're going to in one minute.
1: Oh, my point. We have yeah. to.
0: But also, these things are not unconnected. Oh, yeah. And, There's and a lot here. We all live in a fucking
1: society. And... and it. The fact. You know. Yeah, unfortunately, we live in a society. True words, and they just keep coming up. Oh, the point I was saying about like is solidarity, and also like the idea that like the right is using propaganda. So I think, you know, I've said this before, I think on the pod, but like after Rovers Wade, after Dobbs, like we lost Rovers Wade, and immediately the right was able to change the conversation of like, why do we have to call them pregnant people? And it's like, I refused right. to be mad at the however many, no. 10, but it doesn't matter. It could be any number. The 10 trans men who are pregnant, those people in, are in desperate need. It could be one. Exactly. It could be none. <laughs> like, it those could be none. people, it doesn't matter. how easily the right manipulates the left to turn against the most vulnerable amongst us. In the most unChristian way, not that they the right actually gives a fuck about Christianity, but like how depraved it is to immediately and so effectively. And I think that that is the super part of the right is they don't give a fuck; they only want dominance. The left we are getting we get in the weeds all the time, and I, I do think part of that is like. I don't know whether the word is respectability pro- politics or it's like the idea that like oh well this trans thing that that's just like that's not our thing or whatever like well, well it's this assumption
0: know. that like because it's so because trans people are such a small mm-hmm. part of the population that therefore it can't we can't let that stand in the way of something right. else that we want for everyone who isn't trans and it's like wait no we can and should let that stand in the way we should not none of us are free until all of us are free is right. very real and that is something that the left needs to pay more attention to and we can't have these women that are like I believe in abortion, but I'm not going to call myself a nursing person. And it's like, you're barely a person if that's how oh, you feel. Also, I'm sorry. they don't like,
1: think we're people anyway. So it's like, great, good, well, right. you don't want to be a person? Guess what? The right doesn't fucking think you're a person anyway. So if you want to give up someone's right to get the illusion of a right, enjoy the illusion. Enjoy the fantasy yeah, that they give a fuck about you because they don't. Um, anywho, <laughs> sorry, everyone, but... That such as life in America right now, um, you know. It would be irresponsible yeah. to not talk
0: about this and share how we feel because I think what lets this get so much worse mm-hmm. for so many people is when a platform, people with a platform don't take the time to be like, hey, by the way, this is the reality and this is what's right and this is how we feel. Because, yeah. It's easy to be like, well, I'm going to go turn on Friends. And it's like, no, 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 wait, people died. And it's important to acknowledge how that happened yeah, and how and we got exactly,
1: there. and why it happened. Yeah, and we will get to the movie in a second. But yes, I, I absolutely agree that it's constantly talking about this and constantly checking in with so that people feel supported. Because any level of privilege you have, you can use that mm-hmm. to turn away from the problem. I know I have in the past because absolutely. the problems are so horrific. So it's easy to turn away from something horrible that you don't yourself have to deal with. And we don't want to do that. And we want to support you in not doing that as well. And I think I think more and more people do realize that, unfortunately, that realization has only has, is happening in large part because of how insane the right is becoming and how fascist they are becoming. Uh, uh, you know, on every different matrices, you know, white supremacy, neo-Nazis, you know, TERFs. Like, it's just like every— yeah. And how
0: easily they can find each other and connect and create their own very
1: powerful communities,
0: as opposed to before we had social media, where it's like, yeah, my psycho neighbor hates Jews, but he at least can't really talk to anybody else who feels that way. (laughs) Right, yeah. And now they can very publicly and, you know, about anybody that is a marginalized group. um, That's the target of hate. So it's, you know, it's a scary, horrible consequence of the interconnectivity that we have that lets you listen to our podcast.
1: But we'll be here, and I think it's going to be a real shit show leading up to 2024, but we'll, we will be on the scene uh, talking to you yep. about, about living in America. And in the meantime, let's do—oh, so this <laughs> month—okay, so the theme this month— Oh, right, it's December Okay, now. so, yeah, because we're recording this a little early because of the of podcast Thanksgiving. The theme this month, and it's, I, 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 hate, I hate to say it, it came with a great idea, it's called Seasons Ghoulings— it is a great idea. This is a this is a Hallie Thank you. Kiefer joint. Thank you. Um, and as I assume that you came up with it. Hi. Um. <laughs> I mean that is absolutely correct. And, and, and it was inspired by the ghoul in Deadstream, and just sort of the concept of a ghoul, very very fun and interesting. And so I'm just going to read the definition of a ghoul because I feel like um, it's very unclear what a ghoul is.
0: If you asked me, <laughs> and you were like. Okay, you have to tell me now. You get ten billion dollars if you can correctly identify what a ghoul is. <laughs> I'd be like,
1: ghoul, right? And <laughs> My and answer would, would be get ghoul. it. and they would hand you <laughs> back up the truck full of cash to your house. Great. So, uh, it, it, so it's it's from uh, Arabic folklore, and a ghoul is sort of a it's it's a shape shifting spirit or ghost, or creature. No, you can't have that many ors in the definition of a thing. I'm sorry. (laughs) luckily, it has one feature that does not change, and then, of course, it has doggies' hooves for feet. And I'm like, yes, that's terrifying. I completely get it. You could not have... uh, If you were like,
0: what's the one physical characteristic all ghouls share? (laughs) I wouldn't get to hooves. I just
1: wouldn't. You'd be too busy screaming. You wouldn't be able to say anything. I'd be like, ghoul! But I will say that... um, Another thing is that they apparently frequently in the folklore eat dead people or mm-hmm. involved with dead bodies. Like, you know, right. so they're really getting yeah. in there. And I think more broadly, like a they ghoul could be— Absolutely, a taste for the dead. For the dead. Um, but I think it's sort of like uh, ghoul is both that uh, the idea of like a ghost, but it's also a, cr- a physical creature. And also the idea of a ghoul is someone who's very ghoulish. So someone, mm-hmm. again— mm-hmm. Uh, according to the dictionary, someone with a strange interest in death. So the idea of a human ghoul, that a person a who ghoul. is a ghoul. I am a ghoul. <laughs> ghouls just want to have fun, Allison. Night, ghouls night out. <laughs> ghouls night out. Well, yeah, season's ghoulies, colon, ghouls night out. <laughs> colon, ghouls just want to have fun. That's the merch. Colin, let's hear it for the ghouls. Let's hear it for the ghouls. <laughs> um, yeah, a ghoul encompasses so many horrific things, and I just thought what a fun, the fun idea of a little ghoul. Um, so I wanted to do a movie where I think I'm going to make the argument that the main entity or the idea, and it is a ghoul, and it is um, the movie Mandrake. Yeah. Currently available on Shudder, if you're interested in watching it, and it is an Irish film. I believe it's from 2022, but it might be one of those things where it's technically... No, yeah, it's 2022, and um, it is... Uh, I'll just read the logline here. A probation officer, Kathy Madden, tasked with rebuilding a notorious killer named Bloody Mary Laidlaw, back in society following a two-decade sentence. I love that shit. I, I love the mm-hmm. setup. I love mm-hmm. everything that happens in it. Um, Allison, we always like to have Allison start out by watching the trailer. Allison, what are your thoughts about the Mandrake ta- trailer? It's so wet. It's so wet. It's it's, uh, the, it's so, mud sounds.
0: It is like just like the like wet crunch of sticks and leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scary stuff. It is slurping. Like, it it's like is you can feel it. You can feel how cold it is.
1: Yeah, and oh yeah, because Northern Ireland. Oh, everyone's oh, got chilly. layers on. Everyone's chilly. covered in wet mud. Everyone has open wounds that the cold mud's getting into. Ooh, it's great. And it and it is one of these things where like there is in these moments of horror, horror really does take the edge off because I really it took me a long time to get through this movie because I literally couldn't think because I was uh, too upset, but horror again a release a catharsis watching yes. horror that you yourself are not a part of really it, it hits um and i wasn't sure exactly what the ev- what the baseline scary is but we always take take a baseline scary Allison, how scary do you find the concept of nature itself being a parent of a child oh incredibly yeah
0: okay i, I don't want <laughs> i don't want the child of the earth mm mm-hmm. Uh, to be mad at me i guess
1: oh yeah and they, cuz they're <laughs> never just like going about you never like, see them like at the grocery store just having a good time I, right obviously like if that exists
0: that exists but like i don't want that entity to be upset and i feel yeah. like in these movies they're always upset
1: yeah i um i feel like there is something this is a great movie and we've talked about this before we're like they're, it's not explaining too little. It's not explaining so much, which does make it hard to uh, summarize it. Cause there are certain moments where I'm like, who's that what's happening, <laughs> but they do a good job of like, it is, uh, it's filmed really realistically and everyone's playing it really realistically. So the non realistic elements, your, your brain's like, I guess that's what would happen. Or like, I guess that's yeah. possible in a way that I find very uh, scary. Yes. Um, and then based solely on watching the trailer, Allison, what do you think, would you like to guess the twist in Mandrake?
0: Guess the twist. Well, I had a real hard time figuring out what was happening in the trailer. So um, I'm going to guess that the what someone killed their parents with an axe okay. at some point. No, no, that's like something that happened. That's like in the trailer. That somebody,
1: uh, somebody's husband is killed with an axe. Oh, husband! Does that change okay, things I, for you? I don't know.
0: Um, <laughs> I have no. I'm getting... that like the person who was killed was like gonna join up with the woods and cause some terror. Uh-huh. Okay, great.
1: So, what would be and a that, twist that? That killing on that. was out
0: of like protection for others and not out of
1: like. Just murder, great. It's still murder, I guess. But you know, <laughs> so I guess we're saying the twist would be actually this was a benevolent act's murder.
0: Yeah, it's I feel like I feel like perhaps in the movie, like the one who did the killing is vilified, but really it should be the person who was killed who is vilified because they were going to enact something much
1: worse. Great, wonderful. That's my guess. I love it. Um, I also want to say that a shout out uh, the director and writer. The director is Lynn Davison and the writer is Matt Harvey. And I think this is a Lynn, Lynn Davison. Is this her feature? No, no. This I think this is her first. She's done a ton of shorts and this is her first feature. And much like um, the director of Watcher, um, I, I, I feel like these are phenomenal first movies. This mm-hmm. was the first, uh, although yeah, Watcher was the first uh, feature from Chloe Akuno, or, or Kono. Dynamite. Yes. Like, I, I was thinking, like, to, to see this Didn't and see she how she do a short from VHS? Was that yes. what— mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And much like uh, Lynn Davison here also has done a bunch of shorts, which, again, that makes sense if you're getting into horror directing. There's so much you could do with shorts. We should do—we um, should figure out a way to do shorts because there's so many wonderful horror shorts. Yeah. Um, like, just on YouTube that we could be covering. Ari mm-hmm. Aster did a short film that's supposed to be super fucked up. Um— so, we'll we'll figure out a way we'll to do shorts. Out. Maybe we could do it for the Patreon. But I, I just think in terms of f- first features, dynamite. Like, mm-hmm. everything about this, I'm like, this, it looks, not that you think it's going to be bad, but I'm saying, living in Los Angeles, I've seen some people's first features, and oh, yikes. Yes. This, yes, yes. These are really wonderful. So, let us begin ruining... 2022's Mandrake. All right. So we open on a fucking banger of a first image. We open on a man in the mud, Allison. Oh, good mud man. With a a chain, uh, basically a leash uh, attached to a collar around his neck. He is screaming and digging in the dirt, and he starts laughing. He's overjoyed. He screams, it's here. And... A piercing no. scream fills his no. head and forces he collapses and falls backwards. And he lies in the wet soaking mud until we see the chain pulls slack and then he's dragged away into the darkness. Bye-bye. That's how you start a horror movie. That's how you start a horror movie. Also, I just want to say is in addition to like being mentally just very exhausted, as watching while I was watching this, this is a movie that has not been widely like summarized or reviewed, or I was trying to like search for things. So there are That's certain tough. things where like you it's, can't even find the answer. It's very dark in the movie sometimes. And I'm like, I think I know what's going on. So if I'm wrong, I apologize. I I I probably I probably got most of it though. I will say I'm glad that like
0: I think that like horror movies are the one genre that like truly benefits from like actual physical, like on-screen darkness. But boy, yes. we gotta figure out a better way to. Shoot movies so that we can, and TV shows so that we can see and hear everything.
1: <laughs> well, I never watched Game of Thrones, but that was constantly the lament about it: is it like so how funny. is it so goddamn dark? No one can even see what's happening. Spending all that money, <laughs> and I, I will say, I started watching this movie during the day, and I had to then wait till it was dark because the yes. initial images are so dark that in a bright room, I was, I couldn't make heads and tails it. of it. Yeah, uh, but again, a banger of an opening. Uh, we then catch up with two guys who are watching porn on one of their phones behind a gas station. And our main character, Kathy, rolls up and goes over to one of the guys. His name is Paul. She is a, we find out she's a probation officer. And he is one of her clients who has just been released from prison. He blew off his job and didn't call them. And she's like, what are you doing? You can't just not go to work. And he said, oh, I'm not feeling well. She, of course, points to the fact that they're drinking beers behind the gas station and watching porn. It's like, oh, is this your medicine? Cool yeah. <laughs> so she's like, get in the car. We're going to figure this out. Obviously, she's a probation officer that actually gives a fuck. She really cares and wants to rehabilitate people. Unfortunately, this guy goes to get in the car, and his friend, who he was watching porn with, goes off on Kathy. He's like, don't you tell her what to do, you fucking cunt. Like, immediately gets into it with her. Uh, when she turns to get to her, go to her car, he shoves her to the ground and she cuts open her hand and her hand starts bleeding everywhere. And Paul tries to run over and grab the guy and haul him off of her. And uh, Kathy ends up spraying him, the guy in the face, with pepper spray. Next thing you know, the cops arrive and um, they end up taking the guy away and Paul sort of propositions Kathy to her exasperation. So it's sort of like I... You know, like I was just assaulted by your friend and now you're asking me out. Like yeah. such is my life. But all right. Kathy goes to work at the Northern Ireland probation board and her boss Bill helps bandage up her hand. And he's like, You have to nip that in the bud. Like, you have to have talk to him about boundaries. I think it's hard because it's like, as a woman, this probably would happen all the time. I don't know. Yes. Like no question. Like someone who has been in prison and then you're like a a kind woman who is helping yeah. you build your life. And a stable presence. A- like I of course. They're yeah.
0: gonna mistake your relationship for one that might be romantic.
1: Yeah. So I think she's like, yes, I'll talk to him about it. Just then their coworker busts in, and she is furious because she's been assigned the worst case, a newly released prisoner, Mary Laidlaw, aka Bloody Mary, who is just, who spent decades in prison and has finally been released and is moving back to her home in their town. Okay. And the woman's like, I'm not fucking doing this. Like she's the worst of the worst. And Kathy says, I'll take it. Again, she wants the hardest cases. She's got something to prove. And Bill says, well, that when that would mean you have to go right now. Or don't you have your son Luke tonight? And Kathy's like, I do, but I'll figure something out. So Bill sort of fills Kathy in on Mary's story. Basically, she killed her husband with an ax. But Bill's very sympathetic to Mary because it's like everyone knew that he was horrifically abusive. He beat her half to death, set her on fire, And left her up to die, left her up there on the moss to die. And they keep referring to on the moss. And I was like, what an interesting turn of phrase that, I mean, we have moss in America. Is that like a common phrase in Ireland?
0: Is that Ireland Um, or Scotland? I forget.
1: Yes, we're in Northern Ireland. Um, You know, I I genuinely don't know. Um, I'm trying to Google it. And it's I feel like unclear. I could have made it
0: up, like for the movie, for the area, to be like, this is just what we say about moss and where it is and See, who's there.
1: I guess to me, the uh, me uh, Ireland and moss seem are totally they're synonymous. Yes, of course, <laughs> like a like a thick green moss, Irish yeah. moss, um, which again sounds Moors. so nice. It's like about that it just feels nice in my brain, you know. Yeah, but unfortunately, he took her out there. She survives, and of course, sought her revenge. Apparently, the reason that her husband tried to kill Mary is that she was caught with this young fellow who wore a strange get-up and wandered the roads. Oh, um, he is no one knew his name. He was referred to as the Wandering Man, mm-hmm. and it's like get your, get yourself a, man, a Wandering Man who could do both ladies. It is. Like, if you're, like, it's like, okay, it's, if you're cheating, whatever. But the idea that you were cheating with a nameless, oddly dressed. Wanderer? Ma- wanderer. I don't know. Mary, you're setting yourself up here. Um, Just up for leave. a lot of misery. You know? Yeah. yeah. But, um, but I
0: understand that that's an unfair thing to expect of somebody in an abusive relationship.
1: Absolutely. And, well, he did do her a solid.
0: Jim strung him up over a tree. super deep in the moss, it took days to find him. That's when they find all the other stuff.
1: Like, yes, don't tell me what they are yet. I'll find out what the other things are. Other things? So, Mm-mm. again, I'm not saying any of this was right. I am saying that the Wandering Man did do marry a solid and did kill, take her husband and, and hang him. So my question to you, Allison, would you date a ghoul? <sighs> uh, is the Wandering Man a ghoul? Or are you just asking in general? The Wandering Man, his origins remain obscure. I think he's a ghoul I, due to his what we find out about his origins. Stands to reason. And he's a ghoul. And his in dead bodies and doing other sorts of ghoulish stuff. I think the Wandering Man is a ghoul.
0: Wait, so he hung her husband after she had killed him with an axe? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's so, really, like, it's not like he was like, I'm going to kill your husband for you know, hurting you, he's like, ooh, a dead body? I could fuck around with this.
1: Well, I guess, I think we're, we're not sure. We're not sure what okay. his involvement is other than he was 100% on board with her husband and at least 100% did hang his body. Could he have been the one who to wield the axe? To
0: be, say. Okay.
1: Who's to yeah. say? Got it. If that, um, helps you, if that helps you answer the question, then yeah, maybe he did kill the husband. I mean, I think that that's nice. Okay, great. He <laughs> <Like>, seems <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like a nice ghoul. That's true. Uh, Like a protective
0: one. Okay.
1: Yeah. He's local.
0: He's (laughs) local. Um, you know, sometimes the hardest thing is like, what am I gonna
1: date someone who lives in Queens? I'm in Brooklyn. It's not happening. There's but he's so already many, in town. There's so many lesbian relationships that people are in that I talk to. They're like, Yeah, I'm dating someone in Quebec. And I'm like, what are what? you talking about? I can't <laughs> do that. I don't have the I don't have the mental bandwidth for that kind of thing. I won't go to Brooklyn Heights. Like, I'm not
0: <laughs> how I Are there be intercontinental relationships? Absolutely not. <laughs> if I have to switch bus lines, the whole yeah. goddamn thing is gonna fucking fall apart.
1: Yeah. So course. anyway,
0: this guy's local. I support it and would be into it.
1: And also I love wandering. I feel like that's the one thing I miss about. All your I do is you is could wander. wander for hours. Hours. So I'm I'm with him on that. Um, so Kathy, again, she accepts this. she's like, okay, again, once like once the hardest cases wants to rehabilitate the worst people. Um, so she drives up to Mary Laidlaw's place, and there's already two kids from like a neighborhood, the neighborhood gawking at the house, being like, the witch is back. Right? We heard about the witch. She was in prison and she got back. And Kathy shoos them away, like, do not bother this woman. She served her time. And a boy yells as they leave. She fed her husband to her dogs. Allison, right off the bat, we see in standing in the forest as Kathy, like, drives up this long mm-hmm. driveway, mm-hmm. a huge humanoid figure Perfect. that looks like it's made out of, like, black bark and moss and mud, just sort of standing in the trees watching her car. Mm-hmm. So she arrives at Mary's Joyce. I'm She's imagining. Going. Did you see the Hunger Games, the original? I, you know, yes. I'm trying to remember. I they were really really always a lot
0: in the last couple of years. So I've okay. seen them multiple times. But um, <laughs> when PETA like paints himself, his like skill, everybody else has like weapon skills. And he's like, I know how to decorate cakes. And so he paints himself to look like a dead log. <laughs> just that's just very really funny. funny. And now that's what
1: I'm imagining. So we'll I think post it's that. like. A cross between that. Oh my god! Okay, I see it right now. It's very good. Like <laughs> he did a great job, but that's wild. That it's so funny. It was much but more. That's like, what I'm imagining. So just to flesh it out, um, that's very funny. That's genuinely <laughs> hilarious. Um, but uh, more imagine more like a cross between the, that and um, the uh. The Wendigo from antlers, so it's like it's got these big, oh, huge, God. curling okay. wooden antlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like it's hulking, you know, and it's like shaggy. Mm-hmm. Hulking. So it also is just watching Kathy's car. So Kathy rolls up, oh. and the reason she had to go that night is because she has to put an ankle monitor on Mary Laidlaw, and so they could track her movements. She has to wear it for at least six months, and then they, I guess every six months they sort of like reconsider whether you not whether or not you have to have the monitor on. So Kathy arrives. Uh, no one's answering but mary sort of appears around the corner and this woman this actress i will i just want to give her a shout out as well um mary is played by uh, oh my god Allison. i'm going to try to pronounce this name derbly Dur- derbly nope. crotty no derbly is no. spelled <laughs> i'm sorry no. i know it's not that it's d e r b h <laughs> l e derble derbla derbla hmm. and then crotty So she fucking makes a meal out of this. Yeah, She's smoking every cigarette. She's leaning on a wall. Like she's, I I, like. you. She's lurking. She's lurking. She's looming. She's plotting. She's scheming. And it's so fun to see an actor who's like having a blast with that kind of role.
0: That's so fun. So
1: she kind of like. I love a role
0: where you can mostly be like kind of propped up against.
1: Oh yeah. You would be great at that. (laughs) I would be so good at a leaning role. <laughs> um, also, she's a cane, so it's like uh, anywhere oh. she's leading, she, or dream. she get her lead on, you know. So, um, she says, you know, basically the uh, buzzer doesn't work. And she said, "Who are you? You know, I had another uh, probation officer when they who came up to the prison when I was. They were getting me together to leave. She said, ah uh, yeah, no, it's me now. We we switched out, so I'm a new one.'" Um. And Mary invites her in. Unfortunately, when Kathy goes inside, she's kind of shocked at the state of the house. Basically, people must have broken in when Mary was after Mary was arrested. So there's like 666 on the wall, like all this like demonic, like a you know, witch lives here, that kind of shit. And she's like, I'm really sorry. I will call human resources to make sure that your house is up to code. And Mary's like, I've got wood for heating. It's not a big deal. But there's no electricity. The Electricity has not been turned on yet. And uh, she gives Kathy some water, and there's this long scene of her just staring at Kathy as Kathy drinks this water, and Kathy realizes that her hand is bleeding through her bandage. Um, And Mary asks her, you know, you didn't come here to bring me biscuits, did you? And Kathy says, no, I have to put an ankle monitor on you, uh, explains sort of the, the six months rule, you know. Mary isn't thrilled, but allows her to put it on. So we see Kathy roll up Mary's pant leg and pull down her sock. And we see that Mary's leg is red with burns. Again, most likely burned all over her body by her horrible husband. And Kathy's trying to tell Mary how the ankle monitor works. Like, basically, like, you can't leave your property without letting me know. Like, if you look for a job, you do— Like, everything has to go through me for the first six months. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you need anything, you let me know. I can go with you or, you know, whatever. We'll figure it out. But you are being monitored. Literally, Mary's like, anywho. You've got cold hands. I knew a man with hands nice and cold like that. He took me walking on the moss.
0: But his hands on me. And came inside me, I knew to be a boy.
1: And Kathy's like, okay, well, yeah, there you go. Your ankle better is on, so I'm going to head out. Um, thanks for letting me know about that. And Mary says, do you have children? I can see you with a little boy. No one should ever have a stranger raise her child. My son was taken away, but I sent him a letter every week. And Kathy, of course, has a son, and her son does live with her ex-husband, as we were about to find out. So she's like, how would you— Like, are you saying that, like, oh, I could see you with a, with a boy, rather than, like, I know you have a boy, and I know exactly all about you, you know? Mm-hmm. So Kathy gives her a business card and says, okay, uh, you're all set. Then you have to come to my office on Friday. You come every Friday, you know? And Mary says, okay. And by the way, that wasn't my husband on the boss. And so it's like every time Kathy tries to interact with her, it's very like— Anyway, I had sex with some sort of ghoul out in the forest. What? What were we talking Day about? a Friday? Like, yeah, like she— <laughs> there's like, but I will say, if you ever had— if you ever conceived a child with a ghoul, you would just keep talking about it, like, at a party. What else would there be to talk about? Yeah, like, oh, have you guys seen that, that uh, Steve Carell movie? The—what is it? The Patient? It's like, oh, yeah. Uh, Anyways, I had sex with a ghoul one time. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all you would talk about. Also, someone was complaining because I guess Steve Carell, that that show is uh, largely about how his character is Jewish. Steve Carell not Jewish. And no, I knew that, I, know that, I know that that bothers you. And it, it should. It bothers me quite a bit. But it is funny. And uh, not funny. It just sort of like, Steve Carell seems like the least Jewish person. Am I wrong it's to like say we that? all
0: very much know he's not Like, there are some actors where people are like kind of surprised and like, oh, I
1: thought they were Jewish. He She's
0: is not one of them. <laughs>
1: Like, right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. And that's another, that's a that's question a whole for another day, obviously. That's a whole new kettle of ghouls. Yeah. Um, uh, kettle of ghouls. But uh, Kathy's like, okay, great. Cool. Let me, thanks for telling me about uh, having sex on the boss. I guess she goes, she's late. She rushes over to her ex-husband's house. Her ex-husband is Jason who is a police sergeant and he has a beautiful new wife, Grace, who is of course pregnant. And um, they're taking care of her son, Luke. They never specify what Luke's medical problem is, but I deduced based on what we see that he has cystic fibrosis or some related illness. Yes. So they have to do a lot of treatments, like physical mm-hmm. treatments. Like, she has to pat him on the back at, at, during the evening. He also has a nebulizer that he uses and uh, something that he sleeps with. So he's a, a child with a chronic illness. And so I think as a result, everyone's doing the best they can to support yeah. Luke, you know. And he's, again, either 5 or 18, <laughs> unclear. Could not tell you. Not a baby, not an adult. That's it. That's, That's all, all I can we tell got. tell Yeah, <laughs> in elementary school at some point. Um, okay. And Grace, I, I, get it. I think this is a great choice. And this is also like, Grace is unflaggingly very kind to Kathy. Like she is like doing her best to like make this blended family work. And, you know, so she's like, oh, you know, we could have you over for, for dinner. And, or I can give you, I have a lasagna. Can I pack you up something, you know? And Kathy, of course, she's trying to like delineate herself. She's like, nope, I am fine. I am Luke's mother. I've got it all situated. We got food in the house, you know? unfortunately we do see luke ask his dad do i have to go with her and his dad says yes you do so yeah so there's obviously this like distance between them and uh they're making sort of awkward small talk while jason gets his little stuff together and uh they say oh who is your last minute case you had to go do and she says i can't really talk about it jason immediately knows of course it's bloody mary there's who else would it be who lives in our town and he grew up there and he's like, there were all these stories about her and all well, all the stuff that she did up on the moss, all these rumors about how she was like a witch. And there was like this occult theme, like it all happened because of the occult, you know? Yes. And Kathy, again, is like, I don't believe in that. I don't think so. I This is probably a horrific event of domestic violence. And, you know, um, again, I, she did tell me she had sex with a ghoul, but whatever, these things happen. So uh, she takes Luke home, and while this is happening, we see the two kids um, that we saw earlier kind of walking in the woods near Mary's house trying to, like, check it out. And they find sort of a Blair Witch-style wooden hanging figure. Good. Perfect. Of course. Um, and unfortunately, Elsa, they didn't, they didn't hear a terrible sound, and they turn. Something or someone is there. Kathy makes dinner for Luke and puts him to bed, and everything is like, Luke is like, well, that's not how Grace did it. He's like, could you make witches pasta? And she doesn't know what that is. He's like, oh, Grace knows what witches pasta is. Okay, well, not all of us do. And just give your mom a fucking break. Give her some goddamn slack, you know. Um, and she's she's paddling her his back with sort of these little plastic paddles. And he's like, you have to do it softer, like Grace does it. You know, it's like everything is like Grace is perfect, and yeah. you're some other lady I know. And he asks her, like, do you do you put people in prison like Daddy does? And she says, no, I actually helped them when they get out. I helped them, like, build their life back up. And he says, why would you do that? They're bad people. And that I think is sort of the tension. Like, Kathy's always going to come at it from people deserve rehabilitation and a second chance. And everyone else is going to be like, that's a witch. She had sex with a ghoul. And we are going to have to um, come for her. Um, when Luke goes to sleep, Kathy is Googling Mary Laidlaw, again, finds all these accusations of witchcraft and finds mention of the Wandering Man and is sort of starting to do a deeper dive. Suddenly, Luke is not only awake, he's right next to her chair and just screaming. Unfortunately, Alice said he's screaming for his mother, Grace. No. So he's not screaming for her. He's like, I want my mommy. sad. I know. And, you know, she puts Luke back to bed and, you know, puts his nebulizer on. And again, she's obviously devastated that that's where they're at. But I'm you know, like, he's still young. You could get back in there. You know, be like, you guys, Jason and Grace seem very right. invested in the relationship. So, like, I, you know, it, it it is devastating, but clearly not not irreparably broken. And luckily, yes. their families don't seem like they're you know at each other's throats or anything. Cool. But Kathy is obviously taking it extremely hard, as understandably. anyone understandably. Um, at home, unfortunately, it's still the evening that evening. Jason gets a phone call, even though he's like done for the day. And apparently the two kids that were nearby, uh the McGrath, the McGrath kids, um, it, they have both gone missing. And they were last seen going up into the moss near Mary Laidlaw's place. This moss. So of course, Jason's like, okay, great. Mary Laidlaw's been out of fucking prison for one day, and she's already snatching kids, you know. And he goes there again. It's the middle of the night. Wakes her up, and she says, "Oh, come on in. No problem. There's no electricity. I'm just here, leaning in the dark, leaning in the dark, leaning smoking Lean my in, in the dark, smoking. I don't know. Sounds kind of great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, that is the that is both of our future. I think. Yeah. Um, except not smoking. I guess smoking no. just a big fat blunt. I think this would be a different yeah. movie if she was just smoking weed, just super stoned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, when, in the California, in the American remake, we'll set it in California. Perfect. So he goes over to Mary's place and he said, Has anyone been disturbing you? And she says, Just your ex. It's like, Well, that's weird that you would, you would know that about Kathy, but okay. Um, and she says, Come on in. You can search the place. The, l- the lights haven't been connected, but he has a flashlight. And she sits in the kitchen and smokes. He's going around and he sees all even more graffiti like the devil lives here. There's also a pretty big pair of deer antlers. Again, serve it as nature, nature as evil just a big old fat pair of antlers with what sort of looks like a string pentagram under them. I'm not exactly yes, sure. This is in the trailer. It is yes. not great. Um, a, a very distinct decorating choice. Um, and when Jason goes downstairs, Mary offers him a cigarette. He's like, I, I I don't smoke. And she says, well, of course not. Not with a baby on the way. But don't worry, I won't tell. And Jason, of course, agrees and lights up. And Mary gives him this like horrible big grin. Again, she knows everything about everybody. Yes, you know?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so we find out in the morning, Kathy and everyone from the probation office, everyone in anywhere, are joining the police and a search team to look for the two children. Their names are Leon and Jennifer. They are gone. They have been gone for, I guess, like 12 hours at this point. And so we meet one of the detectives who is Jason's boss, uh, Detective Massey. And he's like, I fucking, I don't even know why we're even like. We all know it was Mary. I don't know why we're even fucking playing like that. Maybe they're still out right. here. But Kathy's like, look, Mary walks with a cane. She literally just got back yesterday. Yeah, she's an ankle monitor on. Right. I would know if she left her property. There's more know? evidence that it wasn't her than that that it was exactly. And he's and he's like, I'll oh, be. Yeah, but you know what they said about everything happened. And she's like, I do not believe in the occult. I don't buy this bullshit. You know, like
0: also th- like even on.
1: if it's the occult, like what are what it. What is, like, a local official supposed to do? Like, yes. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, Like, they're like, oh, arrest? Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Are we going to arrest a ghoul? Um, But Matsey tells her, you may have read about her case, but I saw it. There's a reason for all those occult stories. And Kathy then brings up that Mary was pregnant when she went into prison. And so she had to give up her baby, with Kat, which made Kat, makes Kathy very sympathetic. Yes, of course. And the co-worker's like, I'm not going to lie, not everyone should have kids. Which, again, a complicated question, but given what happens in this movie, eh, probably, uh, probably a fair point. But Mary did have a child and had to give up uh, the boy when she went to prison. Um, Meanwhile, we also see that Kathy's client, Paul, keeps, like, texting her, like, hornier and hornier things, like, asking for a photo, like, asking if she wants to get a drink, propositioning her, you know? Mm. And, unfortunately, just then, also on her phone, Kathy gets an alert. Mary Laidlaw has left her property. Um, Meanwhile, we see back at Grace and Jason's house, Luke is helping Grace rake up dead leaves. Grace turns around to the recycling bin, turns back, Luke is fucking gone. He is just gone from the backyard. She panics. Again, she's nine months pregnant. She runs out into the alley, and Luke leaps out laughing because there's nothing funnier than when you think a child has disappeared. Good one, Luke. Hilarious. Hilarious. And um, She's like, ha never do that again. Ever. Kathy's able to track Mary Laidlaw, and she's ended up back at the gas station, which is like, it's kind of the only place around because they live out, she lives out in the middle of nowhere. And Mary's there picking leaves off a specific shrub. And Kathy's like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I wanted to come check everything out and just really enjoy my old haunt. saw oh, the old gas station. She's I like, know. okay. But obviously she was just there to, to pick leaves that she needed. Yeah. For and something totally normal. Something very cool and helpful to everybody. Um, Kathy drives her home, and Mary apologizes for leaving her property and says, you know, you are doing a good job helping people. Is this what you wanted for yourself, Kathy? Kathy's like, oh, my God, I'm not going to get into this with you, you know. So she leaves. Um, and with, after, right before she does, she tells Mary, you only get one fuck up. So this is your one fuck up. You cannot leave again. Of course, Allison, we see Mary put the leaves in a jar with other blossoming buds. She might be brewing up a ghoul. Ooh. Oh, Maybe nice tea. Meanwhile, back in the woods, the cops use a search dog to locate a body. However, it is not either of the children's bodies. It is a local sort of thug named Sean who, you know, lives in a halfway house. Like, Jason's like, I picked him up a couple times. Sean is the person we saw at the beginning, Allison, on the chain who is oh. digging in the mud. He has died. Oh, what well, I mean. Yeah. Good.
0: Uh, like, just, uh, that was not an existence that was long for this, like, the, uh, right, I have part.
1: to. I have to remember that you're that you will always be like. Well, then you should just die. it would be like, yeah. we just got to get out of here somewhere. Right.
0: It's like if that's the alternative,
1: like just wrap it up. Um. Unfortunately, we then see the children and they're in a totally dark space, which I believe we're supposed to think is the basement of Mary's house. Sobbing. Right. So they are alive, but they are being kept somewhere. Um. That evening, like night falls. Uh, Jason thanks all the townspeople that have showed up to help look, all the cops, and says. It's too cold. It's going to be dark. We're not going to be able to do anything. Go home. We're meeting again at dawn. It will continue searching. Again, so it's been like a day, over a day at this point, uh-huh. or at least 24 hours. The things aren't looking great. And also, no. while searching for the children, they found another dead body. So, right. It's like, that's not a great sign. Yeah. So everyone uh, is sort of disperses, but they've also, they're putting, people are uh, forming like a memorial around a tree where the last near the road where the kids were seen. So people are leaving candles and, like, scarves and flowers, you know. And uh, as they're leaving, Kathy says to Jason, did Mary Lalo bring up to you that we were exes? And he's like, who cares? Look what I found in the woods. And, of course, he found one of the Blair Witch-style wooden crosses. Mm -hmm. He said, this is the same fucking thing that Mary has on her front door. And there are loads of them hanging in the woods, God, That's what people like her do. And again, Mary's and she's like, Well, so what does that mean? Like, are we like, oh, so right. she made some weird, like, you know, folk art? Like, yeah. who cares? Unfortunately, at home we see Mary is bring up one of her homemade remedies and uh just getting a sort of a bunch of different liquids ready. Sure. Um meanwhile, we see Kathy is still the memorial and uh, Luke calls her basically seemingly at his father's behest to be like, oh, we should all hang out and get dinner next week, mom. Or, you know, trying to like prove that, you know, Jason and Grace are really trying to encourage Luke's relationship with um, Kathy. So it's like a nice moment. So, Kathy immediately gets a gift from Paul, and it's a gift of two cartoon dogs fucking. And then the female dog has huge breasts. And so, Kathy immediately goes to Paul's work and just fucking threatens him. Like, Paul has a smoke break. She's like, You send me one more of those things, I will fucking get you sent back to prison. And so, Paul's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry, you know? Unfortunately, Allison would catch back up with the two missing kids who are freaking out as you would because you were trapped yeah, in the basement. trapped somewhere. And there's like a lantern on the floor and a huge figure that we don't see directly enters the room and picks up the lantern on the floor. And behind the figure emerges Mary who has a big dripping spoonful of whatever goo she made. And she oh, offers it goo? to them and says, here, you don't want to get sick, do you? Allison, I got to ask you. What would you do? What would you do? Who am I? Um, I think it, choose your own adventure. I think if you're, you will start with the kids. If you're the kids, would you drink the goo?
0: Oh, God. I mean, it feels like the alternative to not drinking the goo is violence.
1: Right. And do you think as two children, you'd be able to fight off Mary and uh, unnamed uh, other entity? Uh, no. So yeah. I'd probably do it, hoping
0: it would kill me.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then if you're Kathy, I guess the question is how, um, like, what do you do knowing that Mary knows a lot about you and seems to be kind of in your business? Like, how do you how do you approach that relationship? I think I would find just a new line of work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just time to be like, you know what? I can work at a broom store.
1: Yeah. Ooh, just sweeping? Just selling brooms? Um, I don't know.
0: Anything else. Anything but this, where you're, like, mm-hmm. dealing with this woman and her weird shit. I think you'd be an incredible— And the other guy who's, like, sending you, like, dog porn. And like, it's just like— <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. It's like, girl, you've already got kind of a lot going on. Like, why yeah. don't you choose a line of work that's just a little less complicated?
1: Yeah, I I I I just want to backtrack a little bit. I think you would be great at selling brooms, and I just no. want to make sure at your hypothetical broom store, <laughs> you gotta have those cinnamon brooms they have no, at Trader Joe's. That's oh, all we got Oh, it's all it's just different scented what, you brooms. Think I want to clean. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. no. This These is a cinnamon broom store. Yes, exactly. I cannot wait to go there. Oh, um that's and, I uh, drink a big. You'll also be selling sort of a goo. You'll have a range yeah. of goos. Some people Maybe can like purchase a, you know, human goo. Yeah, An adult <laughs> beverage Alcoholic goo. goo. Yeah. yeah, instead of a drink, it's goo. goo. Okay. Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to
0: 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I have a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh,
1: why is charcoal so sticky? Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah,
0: that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.
1: So, you know, listen, there's not a lot of options for these kids. So the, they both take a spoonful of the goo. And mm-hmm. Mary says, see, sweet like honey. And then the kids just fucking pass out, right? Yeah. Great. And then finally, we see Mary, sweet we see goo. the person who's helping her who is in the the costume, the Mandrake costume, takes off his head, and it's just some white guy. And I've said this before, that I struggle... This is also, I watch this on Amazon and usually at least like the you could have the little drop down menu of like who right. the who it is. Not not this movie. And I was like, we have already seen so many white men with dark hair and beards. So I was like, is that Paul the guy, the client oh, who's texting? Could it couldn't be me that figures it out. Was it I was like, is that Jason? Like, because you also see him from a little farther away, and I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? Just like a guy? Allison, it's just a guy. So we'll find out eventually. He's just a guy helping Mary, right? And Mary well, tells him. Well, it's nice them, to know that it's not, you know, Jason at least or her ex-husband.
0: I was gonna say or like a a giant
1: woodland creature, <laughs> right? Yeah, a ghoul. A, a it's nice that it's a person, I guess. Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, Mary tells him the girl first, and um, the next day Kathy is up bright and early. She's backing, backing. She's help going to help search. She's there before anyone else. She goes to the forest and she's like, there are all these holes dug in the ground. And she calls Jason in a panic. She's like, there's all these holes here. And he cuts her off. He says, we found them. Allison, they found the children in the woods. They are both dead. <sighs> and they each have like a bright magenta petal over each eye. And a Blair Witch style figure hanging over them. Okay. Obviously, everyone in town is going to assume it's Mary. Yes, of even, course. Even though, as, as they should. At this point. And Detective Massey makes Jason swear, like, don't tell anyone about the occult elements. Obviously, everyone in town is going to—Mary shows back up from prison. Both these kids are dead, obviously. So, Bill— Plus, there's, like, another guy. Right, or the, And that's true. They've, so, the other guy and these kids, who's out here killing people. Um, sometime later, uh, Bill, the probation officer guy, he attends the family's wake— and there are two children's coffins. So, obviously, everyone is fucked up in this house. It's, you know, relatives and friends. And he goes to you know, offers his condolences to the parents, Nathan and Adina. And Nathan stands up. He's like, did you put in a good word for her? Did you fucking, like, get her? Like, did you help her out, get out of prison? And he's like, that's not how it works. Like, I have no control or influence uh, uh, whatsoever in that. But Nathan screams at him to get out, and Bill does. And Bill makes it to his car, right as Kathy's about to head in, and he's like, honest to God, I, w- I probably wouldn't go in there. They're they're not going to be happy about it. So Bill no. drives off, and Kathy's sort of, de- you know, deli- deliberating what to do. Suddenly, everyone in the house, is like five people, including the parents of the deceased children, leave, get in their cars, and drive off. Of course, we know where they're going. They're going to bloody Mary's house to fucking confront this bitch, because everyone is convinced that. it's her. Of course. So Kathy sees him and calls the cops, so Jason's headed there. And luckily... Excuse me, Jason and Massey stop them right as one of the McGrath's relatives steps in a bear trap. So Mary has set up traps all around her house, presuming that people would be start coming for her, right? And Jason's like, "You have to go home. He has to get medical help right now." And Nathan's like, "Your ex wife is friends with that murderous bitch. She like, they' She's helping her build a life in this fucking town. And now my kids are dead. Eh, fair enough. Yeah, I mean." I understand that logic. Also, this is why I don't want to live in
0: a very small town. Everyone's up in your shit.
1: Right, exactly. And one murderer, one horrific murder, and then everyone's in your business for the like, rest of your Kathy. life. Like, poor Kathy. It's like, I don't know. She's just doing her job. Like, Yeah. But um, um, Dr. Massey forces everyone to head home, and Kathy goes up to the house and meets them. And sort of like, she and Jason have sort of like the thesis of the movie, where it's like, Kathy's like, you know, they could have killed Mary. And Jason's like, honest to God, maybe they should have. You know, like, why do you even care? All of them end up back in Northview anyways. And Kathy says, not my clients. My clients are able to make lives for themselves. And I'm convinced that she is being, you know, because she has not seen um, the fact that Mary has kidnapped the children. Uh, She's like, I believe that Mary's being unfairly villainized for that one horrific murder that she absolutely was involved with. But Jason says, okay, that's fine. Also, Grace would love if you would come to dinner uh, so we could all spend time together because Luke has started calling Grace mommy. And he's like, I always tell him that you're his mommy and we call her Grace, but he started doing it. I just sort of want to get in there and sort of talk to him, yeah. And again, Jason is doing the best he possibly can. He's open lines of communication and Kathy's like, you're right, next week, let's do it. In the meantime, we have to deal with this fucking insane situation we're dealing with right now um, Kathy goes inside and basically is like Mary what the fuck like you're making yourself Look guilty you like this does Not look good for you and Mary's like, "I, How the fuck would I know where these kids well, Who took those kids I didn't do it I would Never do something like that And um, she's like Kathy I'll be honest why do you live in this town you, you don't have any connection here And Kathy says well my son lives here And she says take your son and get the fuck out of town I, That's what I wish I had done But Kathy doesn't hear Mary because she has spotted a trickle of blood on the outside of a cabinet. Oh. And it sort of pops open a little. And we see this sort of shiny metal reflection. And Mary tells Mm -hmm. her, it's yours if you want it. And behind Kathy, we see the huge horns of the mandrake sort of stand up. Allison, Kathy wakes up, and she's in the same dark basement that we saw the kids in. Oh. Oh. She gonna say. Oh, that was a dream and everything was normal. I did too. Absolutely. I I presumed this had to be a dream because it was so early. It was still so relatively early. It wasn't ready. We weren't ready to break into three, you know, so it seemed wild. But she's in this dark room. She's grabbing her head. She's in terrible pain. And Mary's, again, leaning against the wall, smoking a cigarette in her chair. And she says, do you think you'd have stayed and given him a second baby if your insides were all messed up? Oh. And Mary asks her, what kind of mother with you? I bet I know. Lying in bed all day, crying, thinking about ways to kill your baby. And Kathy says, fuck you. Yeah. But it's too late. And Mary leans down and sort of like claws at her own throat and says, 30 years in this body, it goes all the way down. Then Mary calls Thomas and the man we saw earlier emerges. I'm like, okay, well, at least we know his name is Thomas. Is he, he- in his
0: outfit, or is he just being he's a guy?
1: Just, he's just being a guy. He's just yeah. being a guy, and he unfortunately has the collar and the chain that we saw on Sean at the beginning of the movie, puts it on Kathy. Oh, no. They take her outside, and they do, which apparently they made both Sean and the children do, which is, they take her out to the mud, and they make her dig. And at one point, Kathy tries to make a break for it, only to step in a, yet another bear trap. Jesus Christ, the bear traps. Are there even bears in Ireland? Where did they even get them? That's a great question. Let me. What, what, there's, there's no a,
0: way there's bears in Ireland.
1: Really? You think bears are I feel like it's just, just like geese and like rabbits. Okay. Now, this is interesting. Wow, you're right. Okay. According to Wikipedia, bears were once common in Ireland, but are now extinct down the island, having oh. died out in the first millennia. Wow. Alison. The first millennia. What, what does that mean? Like between zero and one thousand. Oh no, sorry, the first millennium BC. Oh, so, so it's One been a thousand while. to zero. It's been a while <laughs> since there were bears, bears in, Ireland. in Ireland. I, I can't. <laughs> I
0: forget the rest of that how that
1: melody goes. Um, um well. also I think we we would probably be sued. We'd have to we'd have to auto-tune if we were started singing on the podcast. Um anywho, no, they you're right. She had to import. Presumably, bear traps. Why would I?
0: Why why would anyone
1: in Ireland need a bear trap except for something nefarious, bad, something horrific? Oh, and also, just to say, like, I think the implication when Mary says, "like you just thought about how you're going to kill your child," I took that to mean because he was chronically ill. I'm going to. It's like I am that it. It's so hard. You want want to
0: end. Yes, whatever pain and suffering you you feel like he might be in.
1: And because she, I think she said, the reason that Kathy tells her to fuck herself is because on some level, you know what I mean? Having a baby is horrible and people have intrusive thoughts and postpartum depression. But I imagine that is something that like in your lowest low, thinking about your child being in pain. Of course. I I can't, I imagine that it may have popped in your head at some point. I understand that
0: line of thinking and whether that is connected to postpartum or just being absolutely the end of your rope because of how difficult and challenging, that is.
1: Yeah. Understood. Um, and she didn't, and Luke seems like he's doing really well. I mean, he's got two moms, frankly. That's uh, yeah, one more mom loud. than most people have. Yeah. Um, living out loud. Um, and so they take her. Oh, yeah, she's digging holes in the mud. And Mary tells Kathy. I
0: remember how Luke screamed when he came into the world. So does the mandrake. It looks like a man because his father was a man. His mother...
1: The Allison, did a guy have sex with mud? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, don't, okay, I don't even think in this
0: movie. I just think in general that has happened. Yeah. Okay, great. Some guy um, has fucked a hole in the ground. I mean, <laughs> definitely.
1: Yeah, if you fucked a hole in the ground, write in. Let us know. Let us did know you, how can, that was. Did was you mud? conceive the mandrake? Yeah, I guess when you were done with it, it, it was probably mud. Wet. You know, you hope
0: it will be wet. Oh, yeah,
1: just a dry, like an anthill or something. Just a, oh, God. Oh Want more for yourself? Okay, yes. at least Try to make yourself sure. some mud. If you're having sex with a hole in the whole ground, at least put some mud in it. My at God. least make it wet. <laughs> just a just dry earth. Come on, at that point, have some dignity. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Mary puts mud, and I will say from here on out, I think I don't know if it was my mental state or the movie itself, but I was like, there are a couple of scenes where I'm like, I don't know what's happening, and that's yeah. fine. We accept that. That's okay. Um, so he puts, she puts mud in Kathy's ears, and she tells her, "If you can't hear it, it can't hear you." Oh my! What does her, that mean? She says, "Be quick, or you'll bleed to death from the bear, the bear trap wound." So I'm thinking she's gonna have to have sex with the mandrake, That's but certainly I, what we're getting led to believe. And, but I guess instead she has to dig it up or dig up some that, something that it will become the mandrake does again. The mandrake I, live under the moss. Yeah, so that makes sense. Okay. okay, so it's under the, so it's in the moss, it's of the moss, it's of the, you know, so she digs in the mud and she does find something, but then the the terrible screams of the mandrake fill her head and she's dragged away like in the beginning, uh, like like Sean was, it t- like pulled yeah, yeah, by a yeah, taunt yeah. chain through the mud. Back in the basement, Mary and Thomas undressed Kathy and sort of, um, again, it was so dark. And I think what I thought they were sewing her vagina shut, but I actually think what was happening is oh they were, I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> But what happens at the end? I, I was like, they weren't oh, making a coat, that's for sure. Here's the thing. I, what I took it to be, they pulled something out of her vagina, which we're about to see. But now I'm like, or is that what they found under the mud? Because you don't see her dig something up, but it, something's there. So either uh-huh. the mandrake is the thing they pulled out of her vagina, like a baby mandrake, or the mandrake, I don't know. But what okay. we end up with it is a squealing human shaped root that is a baby mandrake. No. And it is, like, blinking, and I'm it just out. looks like a big turn-off, right? <laughs> no. And so I thought I'd read a little bit about the mythology of the Mandrake. And by little, I mean literally the headline and lead of a Wired story. All you could f- possibly need. Called From 2014, called Fantastically Wrong, colon, The Murderous Plant That Grows the Blood of Hanged Men. Oh. And um, it says the mandrake's roots look, can look bizarrely like a human body, and legend holds it can even come in male and female form. Wait, the it, mandrake is a real thing. So the mandrake is a, a plant kind of tree. Yes. Yeah. Here, let me see if I can find. Um, I don't want to see it. So I think of it as mandrake root, <laughs> and it kind of like okay. has like it, it. It looks like a person if a person was made out of carrots. Oh. <laughs> like it has like little like cool. carrot-y. I don't know. Allison, I don't know. I don't know. I I think this is a good example of back before there was TV and movies, people spent a lot of time, like, well, I think we talked about this, like, the the mind of medieval man. Yes. Um, Yes. And uh, it's sort of the idea of, like, I don't know, I saw what looked like a little tiny guy. It probably was a weird carrot. Also, I had (laughs) sex with it and conceived it as my wife. Like, Just, I just think there's a long stretch of... Thousands and thousands. I fucked of years. a hole in
0: the ground and then found this plant. It's probably my son. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think that there was a lot of that going on. Yeah, for sure. And um, you know, God bless. You know, everyone involved. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, I think that's what we're going for. Yeah, and that in makes this, sense. And this movie is is uh, alluding is uh, is um asserting. Well, what if that was real? So, just to finish this real quick, the legend holds that it can even come in male male and female form. It said to spring from the dripping fat and blood and semen of a hanged man. I don't know why they didn't just say fat, blood, and semen. They said fat and blood and semen. Why, of yeah, man. why did they have to? Just for a little flair, I guess. And um, dare pull it from the earth, and it lets out a monstrous scream, bestowing agony and death to all those within earshot. So we are Great. using the legend of the yes. Mandrake yes. Um, to... Okay. It, yeah. it adds some sort of um, mythological or legendary weight to the story. And hey, you know I love that shit. Of course. Oh, So yeah, they tell pull a turnip it. baby out uh-huh. of or
0: from, in
1: some way, Kathy. I think so. Or the Kathy found it under the mud. Right. And the fact Maybe that she's she was naked and there's there there seems to be a string coming out of her vagina. I don't I genuinely it's been a while. i I watched it a couple times. I'm like, I couldn't make heads or tails of it, Allison. I don't know. And I don't wanna know. I'm fine with it because it was obscure enough and confusing enough that all I know is they have a baby mandrake, right? So up upstairs, Thomas looks at Kathy's phone and sees sort of like Paul sent an apology text. Like, I'm so sorry about the dog sex, the dog porn gif. My friend, my gross friend got my phone and sent it. I never would have sent that to you. I'm so sorry. Imagine picking up somebody's phone and the text you see is, hey, sorry about the dog porn gif. I, <laughs> It's like this lady has a lot going on. You know, and in the in the spirit of the most famous Kathy, Act, Ack. You know what I mean? That's a big act from us. Yeah. She's um, like, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Mud, mud, mud. Yeah. This this captain needs a lot more chocolate to get, get through what's about to happen. So, and also, Thomas is looking through Mary's file, right? Meanwhile, Mary takes the mandrake baby, which we can see is like kind of cooing and, like, moves a little bit. But again, looks like a big fat turnip baby um, with, like, leaves for hair. And Mandrake pours, or Mary pours what I would call a series of liquids onto the Mandrake baby, including what looks like blood and milk. And it it blinks. And I was like, oh, my God, I guess, like, this is a way, like, she wanted another child. She is bringing the Mandrake child into the world. Allison, she takes, Mary takes a huge knife and just fucking stabs the Mandrake baby. And then pours its blood out into a bowl, like over her hands. So she just wanted to find or potentially conceive this mandrake baby to harvest its blood for her magic, right? I, I guess. Uh, right? Yeah, I don't, truly, this is, sure. again, this is this was really took me, took it out of me to get through. Uh, I loved it. a lot to kind of parse. Yeah, it really was. I could, yeah, it's, it heads or tails of it, I'll tell you. So, Kathy wakes up on, like, an actual comfortable bed upstairs. Unfortunately, she then, Mary immediately gets on, like, straddles her and inserts a tube into her throat and starts dumping in sludge, like a black ooze. And then I, pu- when she pulls the tube out, she clamps her head over Kathy's mouth and, it's like, and tells her, you better not fucking vomit. You better keep that sludge down. Also, once somebody tells me I can't vomit, I'm vomiting. Oh, absolutely. I almost vomited watching this fucking
0: scene. This is awful. Also, so- like, I really wanted, like, to be on Mary's side. And I know, me boy, too. Boy, is she making it hard for that to stay... I-
1: I think she can still pull it out, you know? Okay, like I, we'll see. she's a go-get 'em gal with a lot of attitude you know I like that. Um <laughs> uh, basically what we're understanding the sludge was what Mary made with the mandrake baby's blood. So she says, "Your foot, your foot will heal. Your insides too. It'll shine out through your skin. No one will be able to hold a candle to you." So essentially, like she's trying out this potion, right? You're going to become hot, and you can conceive a child. Okay, great. Okay, fine. You know, even the man Drake will not let you escape uh, the patriarchy and your um your yeah. fate as a, as a fertile woman. Um, and with that, Kathy passes out, and that's what I would do immediately. Is like, oh, great, okay, good night. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, we see Thomas taking his blood sugar, like uh, uh, testing it, and then injecting himself with insulin downstairs. And Mary joins him and promises him, "You won't have to do that anymore." So ostensibly, the sludge that she just put in Kathy's throat, it, she's capable. She's capable of using this to heal people. And I do think the it's pure funny diabetes. That when it's like <laughs> Thomas's terrible problem, diabetes. But that's I feel like as an American, that is what it is here. Yeah. But I guess I just thought in Ireland, like. Can't maybe just, it was. Maybe people just live, but
0: yeah, maybe socialized medicine. I don't know if they have socialized medicine. They must. Um, I'll, whatever I'll they have, it. it's got to be better than here. Where I, people yeah, are I guess. Like I just literally assume. going into personal debt just to afford their own life-saving medications, but you having know.
1: to hoard and ration insulin. No, no, it is a, a deep moral wrong. Yeah, it awful. is a sin that we, awful. the way we run things. So yes, I, I don't want to say if you're, if you're diabetic. Listen, I, 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 I'm sure if I was diabetic. I mean, I could barely fucking get through this. Like, having to, like, do the, yeah. do everything to maintain your health, I'm sure is incredibly difficult and incredibly expensive and, and terrifying in the environment we live in, at least. Yeah. Um, so Let alone I, I, yeah. what's going so, on here. So would I kill a mandrake baby, drink its blood? I, I, probably, knowing yeah. myself, yeah. But, um, you know, Kathy wakes up the next morning. Uh, she, of course, wakes to find... And I guess I was calling the thing with uh, antlers the mandrake... But I'm going to keep doing that because I just don't know what that thing is if it's not also a mandrake. Is that just a hat? It's a hat, but what is the costume supposed to be? Sure, sure, of? sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the mandrake. The mandrake. We'll just call called the mandrake. Yeah. yeah. So she finds the mandrake standing over her, but luckily it's just a dream. In the dream, unfortunately, she has to see Mary caress a severed head and like put her fingers in the severed head's Jesus mouth. Christ. It's covered in blood. Um, downstairs, we see Mary is like petting thomas's hair and says you have nice thick hair like your daddy's okay so that's her son that she probably birthed in prison yeah um thomas is upset and is basically like well why did you give the sludge to kathy first like why wouldn't you just give it to me and she says i'll be honest because it's as likely it would kill her as cure her so i wanted to test her out before i gave it to to you and she gives him a haircut and thomas starts crying In another dream, Kathy, she falls asleep again. She's now beautiful and a brunette, which is kind of fun. Like, she's covered in leaves, and she's holding the Mandrake baby in her arms, and she's smiling. She's like, the the, picture of female fertility and motherhood. She wakes up with a gasp. It's finally morning. Kathy checks her foot, and while she still has the wound, it's almost healed. So I think we're going to think the sludge did work. Now, she does lean over the side of the bed, and projectile vomit the black ooze, mm-hmm. um, which Understood. looks like it's full of corn, too, where I'm like, oh, you had to put corn in it while you're at it. It's corn. And she, <laughs> she puts on her boots, and she's starting to sneak out of the house um, until Mary appears behind her and says, look who's up and about. Look who is up and about. I thought that was fun. And Kathy has her phone, and in a moment of panic, like, it's still open to Paul, her client's text, so she just puts call. So she it's not like she wanted to call Paul. It's just sort of like, okay. Whoever. I, I, yeah. So she presses call and she kind of hides her phone behind her back as Mary leads her downstairs. And she's like, oh, don't you feel the difference in your foot and your belly? You know, you could have another kid if you wanted to. And Kelly's like, do not fucking talk to me about my child or having children. I, I don't know what the fuck this is." And Mary says, oh, well, you should. You should have another child. Because one day the medicine, and the tapping, they're not going to do anything anymore. So basically saying like, well, you should have another kid because... Luke's going to die, you know, and I know that he's going to die. So, of course, Kathy's like, fuck you. Just then, Paul picks up the call, and Kathy screams for help, but, of course, it's not really clear, and Mary leaps on her, but not before Kathy knocks over the remaining container of the mandrake elixir, smashing it everywhere. Thomas screams, and he's sobbing. He goes, and he tries to, like, collect the, um, the sludge, but Mary tells him, you cannot use it anymore. It's unclean but I promise you I will make new sludge. And they haul Kathy down to the basement and they tie her up by her hands. Meanwhile, Paul calls Jason, who doesn't believe him because he's like, Kathy told me you sent her dog porn. I, why would she call you? She wouldn't do that. Plus, Jason is just about to walk in to check um, Sean Duggan. So the guy who's, whose body was found in the woods, he's going to go check out Sean Duggan's apartment to find out what was going on in his life, you know? Yeah. And solve that murder. And it was like a halfway house, so the um, super, the landlord's going to open the room. And Jason's like, well, okay, I'll call Kathy. Jason calls Kathy. She's not picking up. But it's sort of distracted by what's happening. So the landlord goes to open up Sean's room. Literally the next room down, there is a Blair Witch wooden emblem hanging in front of the door. Mm -hmm. And Jason said, well, who's, who's that? Who lives there? He says, why, that's Thomas Laidlaw, Mary's son. So, Jason has okay. him open Thomas Laidlaw's door. Allison, this is okay. not even a human room. It is filled with leaves and moss and candles. And then each one of Mary's that she would have been writing for decades every week, all of her letters are on paper pasted to the wall or hanging from the ceiling.
0: <sighs> not great.
1: So, she is sort of, through her letters, I think there's a thing made him into her henchman to do her bidding, called him back to her. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, Jason is like, okay, so this motherfucker g- killed everybody. So he runs out. He calls yeah. Detective Massey and says, I can I get Kathy on the phone. Thomas Laidlaw, based on his fucking room, killed Sean Duggan and the kids, either with his mother or who knows. I'm going over for to her, Mary's yeah. house. Yeah, for her. Inside the her house, Mary takes the Mandrake's the baby blood because she still has like the carcass and smears a little bit of the blood on a candle and lights it doing uh, either a curse or a chant. And Allison, the name carved into the candle is Luke. Tell me now who will survive this movie.
0: Who will survive?
1: I mean, I'm not going
0: to say a lot of people. Yeah, I think you're right. I think... That Luke will live, but Kathy will die. Okay. I think that Mary will die, like, ha-ha! Like, I, <laughs> like she'll be like, I, my, my job is done. I've done mm-hmm. what I needed to do. Um, and I think that Thomas will die. Okay, great. And what about Jason? I think Jason will survive.
1: Okay. And
0: Grace? I think Jason and Grace will survive with Luke. Great.
1: Okay. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. (laughs) Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just
0: you wait. AutoTrader. Here you are. BPM's high,
1: sweat dripping, body moving, tongue Grace, who doesn't know about any of this going on, like so at this point, Kathy is bound in the basement of Mary's house. Jason is racing to Mary's house because he is concerned Kathy has something has happened to her, and he is correct. Fair. Grace doesn't know about any of this, so she is taking Luke up to the memorial for the dead children to lay flowers down. No, you know, and he's at home. He, I know, yeah, stay at home, lock your freaking doors. And he's like, "Well, where did they go? Are they dead?" And she says, "Well, they're in heaven." And they kind of have that conversation. She turns to get the flowers in the car. She turns back again. Luke is gone. And unfortunately, we see Thomas in the Mandrake costume leading Luke into the forest by the hand. And Luke, you see his face, and Luke is just like, oh, no. Like, Luke might be a kid, but he's like, I know this is a bad development. this is bad. This isn't like a
0: new forest buddy. This is definitely uh, dangerous and scary.
1: Some kind of monster. So, meanwhile, we just see Kathy for the next little bit. She is tied up in the basement, desperately trying to undo her hands, right? Jason arrives at Mary's house. Bill, the probation guy, a parole officer guy, is waiting there. And he's like, you know, I, I want to help. I wasn't able to get in touch with Kathy. I met Mary a long time ago. I know her. I feel like I could talk to her. But Jason's like, I need you to get in your car and lock the fucking doors. Like, this is not a joke. You are not going to—if she has my ex-wife, this is not—you're not, not going to rationalize or reason with this woman, right? Yeah. Jason goes—fucking just kicks the door open to Mary's house and pulls his gun on her and says, where is Kathy? Mm-hmm. And she smiles and says to him, but she's really looking behind him, says, I wonder when you'd come. Suddenly, Bill stabs Jason in the back, and Jason falls. So Bill, the probation officer, has now stabbed Jason. Okay. Because Bill and Mary have some sort of longstanding relationship. Okay. Okay. Fortunately, Kathy's able to cut her bindings and get out, escape out of basement window, just as Jason's able to stagger back out to the driveway. But oh they're God. far enough away that she cannot get to him as Bill and Mary sort of follow him out into the driveway. Oh, no. And as she approach as Mary approaches Jason, she becomes Grace, like pregnant, beautiful, covered in flowers, you know, fertile. Yeah. And in real life, Mary approaches Jason and pulls the knife out of his side. And he says, where is my wife? And she his back, you left your wife. And then Allison, she fucking slits Jason's throat (gasps) as Kathy watches from a distance, stifling a scream, realizing I just got to get the fuck out of here, right? Meanwhile, Bill turns to Mary and is like, I've never stopped thinking about you. I was the first. It was you, me, and the wandering man. And Mary tells him, I remember. Which I took to meant that, like, he was her first henchman. I guess. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. But, like, who's the wandering man? Do we get that answer, or are we just like, that's yeah, some guy? I think, and they don't say this, I'm going to go ahead and assume it's the devil. Okay, yeah. I think the wandering man's the devil, and that's what we're dancing around here. Got it. But Is we don't she- get, like, an identity. For- no. It's not like, oh, and that was...
0: Right, because I was Frederick, like, oh. And he died, you know, in 1870. And she's no. been his wife or whatever.
1: Yeah, because when Bill said, I was like, oh, Bill was the wandering man. And then he went to and school, then it's like, back to school or something. But no. Yeah.
0: Wait, did the three of them
1: Yeah, I think we're to think together? the wandering man is the devil. The devil. Okay. Or a, some sort of nat- some natural demon. devil. Yeah. Demon, yeah. And Mary tells him, I remember, and she, he goes to kiss her. And she tells Bill, I'm not for you. You're not fit to eat the crumbs from his table. And Bill's like, you know what, I'm, you're right, I'm not. And Mary hands him the knife, and he slits his own wrists. Allison, so Bill and Jason, feature wrap on them. Fortunately, Kathy's been able to get away, and she's sprinting through the woods. And we see her running as we see Mary sort of collect the remains of the mandrake baby uh, corpse to do um, more magic with. Kathy stops to catch her breath and just as she does through the trees, she sees Thomas in the mandrake outfit leading Luke through the woods. So it's like, Kathy cannot even get a fucking break. She can't get one second to catch her breath. She's like, oh, okay, great, I escaped. Oh, great. So a man in a monster costume is leading my son to his death. Cool. Oh, I watched my ex-husband die. Right, yeah. Meanwhile, Grace is still at the memorial so all the other townspeople have gotten there and she has told them that the that Luke has been taken. So that includes the the McGraths. And so they they're, they already wanted to attack Mary. They're all like, fuck this. We are going to kill Mary. So they all head out for Mary's house to like essentially drag her out into the woods and hang her. Um, meanwhile, Kathy is able to get to Luke and Thomas. She attacks Thomas. She doesn't even know it's Thomas. She doesn't know who Thomas is. She does know if this is a creature or not. Hits Him with the log, his head falls off. We see it's Thomas. She then beats him unconscious before grabbing Luke, telling him, I've got you. You know, saving her son. Unfortunately, Grace doesn't know this either. So she goes to the townsfolk to Mary's house just as sort of nights beginning to fall to try to find Luke. Detective Massey rolls up and was like, I see where this is going. We do not need a mob. He's also looking for Jason because he's not been able to get in touch with Jason because Jason's No one can. I know, maybe Jesus, yeah. Meanwhile, um, so Kathy and Luke make it to the road to the memorial tree, but Luke's breath has become really erratic. And she's like, stay with me, just stay with me. And is trying to walk back to town. Meanwhile, the townsfolk, which are they're sort of coming through the woods, they have found Thomas and they have dragged him over to see Grace. And she's like, what did you do with Luke? And he just says, she took him. Without specifying, he doesn't mean Mary. He means Kathy. He's fine. Luke is fine. She took him, and he's okay. Right. The townsfolk, of course, assume he means that I gave her to Mary, and he's dead. They take Thomas up into the moss, and they hang him. And as Thomas dies, we just hear Mary screaming and screaming. Meanwhile, Massey finds Bill. We see his wrist wrist have been slit. Everyone kind of disperses after they uh, kill Thomas, and Mary lowers his body from the tree. Meanwhile, um, Massey finds Jason's body. He's sobbing. And mm-hmm. Kathy and Luke finally make it back home. He's coughing and he's wheezing, but luckily she, he's able to, she's able to give him his medication. They hug. Because I was like, if she get hit, got him all the way home on foot and, and this di- kid no, dies, no, no, I no. will kill myself. Like, I'm Seriously, just not there, it's right? it's too much. Yeah, but luckily it seems like he's doing okay. Good. And Massey stops the town folk like on their way out. And they're like, he's like, you have to stop. You cannot kill Mary. Kathy has Luke. He's able to get in touch with Kathy. And she confirms Luke is fine. And Grace hugs him, says, thank you so much. Do you know if Jason's okay? And of course, Massey doesn't reply. And they both know what that means. And she like collapses into his arms. Back home, we see Kathy is also collapsed on the ground, exhausted. And Luke says, what is this? And she turns, and Allison on the coffee table is the Mandrake baby. A oh, man no. baby on my coffee table in this economy. No, no, no. So she grabs Luke. She runs to the door. Just so we see a was figure sort of a loose, kind of in a bowl, like you'd have like a bunch of oranges or something, like a yam. Like yeah, like you know, you put a loose yam on your table. Yeah. Um, so Kathy grabs Luke, runs to the door. Just so we see this figure loom through like the glass of the door. But she says, "Fuck it!" Rips it open, and it was about to beat him with. I don't know what it is. I, I think it's a sports object. In my mind, my brain, brain says shillelagh, but I think it's like something you used to play um, lacrosse with, maybe a lacrosse sure. stick. And she rips it open. She's ready to fight, but it's just Paul, uh, her client, who she thought was a pervert. And he's just saying, I'm so sorry. I just want to apologize. And she's like, just grabs her mm-hmm. son and sobs, but they're yep. safe. Okay. Months later, Grace, who seems like she's really going through it. She's really having a hard time. I mean. Um, because she is raising her baby without her husband. The doorbell rings, and it's Luke and Kathy. And Luke hands her, like, a, you know, food and says, me and mommy made you biscuits. Again, now he's calling Kathy mommy. And it implies that he's living with Kathy, at least yes. right now. Which makes sense. Like, Grace has the baby. Right. She's got a baby. Be... Yeah. And Kathy tells Grace that Mary is still missing. Mary escaped. But Massey thinks maybe she fled down south. They're still looking for her. There's, like, a manhunt on Grace is so exhausted. And again, it's like this moment of like, the implication is like Kathy did not have enough support when her child was born. And that's probably why she and Jason ended up getting divorced. And it's like, now she can show up for Grace, who is also going through early motherhood and how difficult it is. So she says, why don't you go lay down? Grace and Luke both fall asleep on the couch as Kathy holds the baby And sort of she has this like very beautifully shot, but ambiguous scene where she's staring in the mirror over the fire and she's turns and looks at Luke. And I think we're to think like when Mary did that spell, what does that mean for Luke? Was she cursing Luke? It was a protecting Luke. Right, 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 right. Because he's still alive and he seems fine. But, of course, now Kathy, every time she looks at her son, is going to be terrified. And also, I mean, Thomas Understood. died. I mean, you know, I think it's not like mothers yeah. losing their sons for sure. And as she, she looks back in the mirror, um, we see she sort of changes from herself, staying in this living room, holding the baby, into Mary, who is fully nude in the forest, surrounded by candles. And she turns as she hears a sound. And that's the end. Wow. The Mandrake. Um, Allison, what are some fatal mistakes you think people people might have made in Mandrake? Fatal mistakes. Kathy not just
0: putting her job and opening a broom store would be number one. Um, Yeah. I mean, I just do feel like everyone's doing a little too much poking around. And I know that that was— Her job—that was Kathy's job. That was Jason's job. Like, Jason's—like, was to get involved in these kinds of things. But it's like, just let Mary fuck the woods or whatever she's doing.
1: Yeah, I think the problem is she she really wanted to be um, killing people, it seems like. Yeah. And I think that does—I I genuinely don't know if I really understand sort of, like, what the plan was. I don't. Other than this is the lengths <laughs> she would go to to cure her son of diabetes, which I do respect, but it does imply uh, that it required the death of at least three people. And I think there's also questions like: so she had sex with the devil and mm-hmm. gave birth to Thomas. Why would the devil let his son have diabetes? I like is he really he yeah, can't and fix like that? What was happening before that? <laughs> right. Like I guess we're like. Thinking-
0: she wasn't yes. just, like, living a life, and then it's like, who are you? The devil? Okay, let's right. see what this is all about. And then all of a sudden, this is the trajectory her life goes. Like, was she all, like... So are the, we her hus- her murdered husband,
1: uh-huh. what's what's that about? I think that she met the wandering man, who we are thinking is maybe the devil. Sure, And I think that she... Um, I think that now, like, the devil facilitated the death of her husband Mm -hmm. after he attacked her. Mm -hmm. And so now she has this relationship where she's beholden to the wandering man, Mm -hmm. the devil. But then it's like, well, then... And to
0: preserve that, she had to kill her husband.
1: I I think it was like the husband killing was because he was abusive. I think it's sort of like, that was a good thing that the devil helped her do, maybe... Or, or good, quote unquote, obviously, like sure. in the in the in the universe of the movie, sure. like like the wandering man and her were right to do that, but then as a result, she became his immortal bride or something. But then it's like, so then Thomas is half wandering devil? man, half devil,
0: and Heart then like, is Woods? the
1: devil? Is the wandering man? Are the Wandering Man and the Mandrake the same entity, or are they different entities? Well, that's, like,
0: what I'm really trying to wrap my head around, is, like, there's the turnip baby. Yes. There's the Wandering Man. Right,
1: because, like, um, what do they have to do with each other? mm -hmm. Thomas wasn't a turnip baby. I guess they're probably the same thing. Maybe the wandering man is the mandrake, or is it a, was the adult mandrake and then Thomas like dresses up as his
0: dad? <laughs> the logic I, of this movie is slippery.
1: I and I guess it's like I'm okay with that because yeah, it's like no, it's it was a, really effective and I do love like kind of like antlers, which I was I think was much less effective. Mm-hmm. Like I do love a movie. I don't find I find it less scary, but I do enjoy a movie where like people are treating a supernatural experience like it's a procedural that they're going to be able to fix. And it's like, yes, yes, you can no. have all the goods in the world. I don't this know what... Side of your yeah. jurisdiction. <laughs> Absolutely. Above your pay grade. So yeah, a lot of unanswered questions. But um, yeah, again, not much anyone could have done. I think everyone was trying to figure out what was going on. I think so. And um, I guess we're going to assume Mary's just going to do it all again. That's why she's naked in the woods, ready to conceive another... Like yeah, like turnip baby. I I think so. Is the like, wandering does she man, have to crawl
0: in the mud? How did the mud turn into the the baby? Yeah, the baby? how is the baby in the mud? Yeah, I guess like those. Things I don't know. Are I genuinely don't to know. Me, and it's just as scary huh. not knowing.
1: Yeah, because the implication is that the they just the reason they kept having to dig is because they were all out there. Those mm, Mandrake babies were under right. the earth, waiting Unless, to be kind of like birthed into the world by mortal women.
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: I well, don't know, and I'm fine with that. I'm honestly totally. I'm fine okay with that. that. It's we don't. It doesn't to matter. Know I mean, it doesn't everything. matter. Yeah, we don't. Please. If I think I enjoy not knowing, it's less true. pressure on me. Um, and then where would you place Mandrake on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. Well, I do think that, like, the visuals and the sounds
0: of this movie are very scary. Like, that's yeah. just, like it's all very dark. It's, like, quiet, wet twigs snapping and leaves. Like, that's just a scary, even if, like, 50% of the stuff happened, it would still be very scary. But then also a lot of stuff happened. I think that pouring black liquid down someone's throat and telling them not to throw up is very scary. Yeah. Not knowing what happened, very scary. <laughs> <laughs> us yeah. not understanding the logic of the film maybe makes it creepier. I'm going to give this like a six and a half.
1: Okay, great. I'm going to give this a, a level five, a solid five. I think for me, it was like really well done. And I really enjoyed it. But once we start introducing the turnip baby, that's not scary mm. to me. I think that's yeah. interesting and cool. But um, Confusing. I guess it sort of reminded me a little bit of Antichrist um, where mm. yeah, 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 it was yeah, sort yeah. of like, wait, what are we saying? but i do feel like that was just more the gore of that was much more horrifying um, yes. but i really enjoyed this and thought this was really well done yeah i don't need, i don't need to know what's happening or what's need going on the details uh, again another great part of horror is like I, vagueness ambiguity um i don't know that's thrilling it's thrilling not to know yes. and yet to trust the the filmmakers going to land the plane and she really did so um, thank you for listening. And if you have any ghouls um, yes. uh, that you would like us to cover. Ghoul requests. And again, I'm going wide with it because I, I try to Google specifically horror movies with ghouls. That's a tough goog. It's a tough goog. So. Yeah, yeah, you can't goog a ghoul. No, we've tried. <laughs> um, well, thank you everyone for listening. And yes. we're thinking of you. And we yes. do love you very take much. Take care and, of yourselves and yeah.
0: each other. In the best ways that you can. And while you're doing that, if you could, uh, please, uh,
1: keep, keep spooky. spooky. Season's ghoulings, everybody. Season's
0: ghoulings. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded
1: and edited by Kat Iosa.